quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. You know what I don't miss at all? The vicious week before my period. I always used to feel like I was walking in quicksand and craving the most unhealthy of foods. My sleep was always off and my moods were unpredictable. Now it's easier to manage PMS with EstroControl. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality and it shows. And the biggest benefit, feeling like myself again. That's what women mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 14,000 reviews of Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off the entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code PEACE at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code PEACE for 15% off today. I came to parenting with everything I learned in childhood, yelling, punishing, controlling, and shaming. After trying almost every method, I found connective parenting and was totally shocked when empathy, listening, doing away with rewards and consequences, and being a safe place actually worked. It moved the behaviors of my children and it felt good, especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. Welcome back to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle and I'm so glad you're here. I'm alone again. And I'm talking about the idea of scarcity. And I was thinking about this idea when it came to sugar. Like the more scarce sugar is, it seems like the more kids really want it. So I looked up the idea of scarcity and it says in Google, the more the scarcity of an item increases, the more the item increases in value and the greater the urge to own it. Whenever choice is limited or threatened, the human need to maintain a share of the limited commodity makes us crave it even more. Scarcity increases the value of any product or service. So this made a lot of sense. And I wanted to translate it to parenting because I thought, huh, when we restrict something so heavily and we don't do it, our kids seem to want it even more. And I can think of a few places where this happens. So Um, special time is actually one of the places where it happens. I'm going to get back to that in a minute. Roughhousing becomes that place for some people. Sugar definitely becomes that place for um, kids. Screen time is a huge one. And this idea of staying up late in bedtime, all of those seem to really drive a child when they're scarce. So let's start with special time. So often when children first start doing special time or parents first start doing special time with their children, the children cannot leave the parent alone when they're with the other child or they're the child who's always asking for it. I need special time. When special time? I want special time. I think this idea that it's scarce, that it's never happened before, that it isn't happening on a regular basis yet, they really crave it and want it because First of all, they really like it and it's something that fills them deep in their soul, but they're worried they're not going to get it again because it isn't a regular thing. So when we're first starting out special time, I really tell people to like really stick with it, just get through the murkiness. Once it becomes regular practice, they can relax in the idea that they will receive their special time 
They can allow their sibling to have special time whenever because they're not worried that they won't get theirs. If you are doing it and you do have siblings, I would say try your very best to do all the siblings in a time frame that's, you know, close together so that everybody feels like it's even just for a little bit before you get it really started. And if that means you only do five minutes of special time because it's all you can manage, so be it. But if you start doing one special time for one child and not the other more often, then there can build some sibling rivalry in that and some resentment. So if you're having a hard time with special time because no one will leave you alone to do it, you're not alone. I hear it all the time. I think it's the idea of scarcity. So let's keep that in mind, that it will get better when it's not so scarce. I hear this a lot with roughhousing too. Like roughhousing becomes too rough often with some kids. They just can't maintain themselves. They're so excited they, and they get too rough and too much. And I think some of it becomes this idea that, oh my gosh, I never get to roughhouse. I'm in a roughhouse. I have to get it all out. I need this so badly. I need it to regulate. And so I'm going to go all the way in as deeply as I can with this roughhousing. And they might get too rough because they're not doing it often enough. And then the parents get discouraged because like they keep thinking this kid's too rough. I can't take it. This roughhousing doesn't work for us. But I would say if you can get through that too, that the roughhousing does get easier and better. It happened with um, Esme and I, she was really rough. I think she was trying to get out a lot of stuff and I wasn't doing it often enough, I think, to really help her. So I really amped it up. And when I, when I went that way, when I amped it up more, instead of pulling it back, she actually did better, but it was murky there for a minute, much like the special time. I had to get through this murky business of it not feeling quite right and her being too aggressive. And I had to set limits and we had to take breaks, but we got through it and it became a really good tool for us to help her re-regulate when she was having a hard time really getting her aggression out with wrestling. Are you looking for ways to parent without yelling or threatening? Do you crave to understand connection and how to use it in everyday practice with your children? Is remaining calm a challenge and staying away from shame hard? I can be helpful. I've been there and I've also helped so many parents overcome their parenting challenges with my one-on-one programs of either six, eight, or 10 weeks. We dive into what's specifically difficult in your own family and I tailor ways to help you remedy them using connection instead of conventional parenting methods. Go to www.peaceandparentingla.com forward slash private hyphen sessions and find out more about my private one-on-one courses. I'd love to see you there. Sugar. Everyone has the sugar issue in their house and... No one's going to want to hear this, but I don't limit food in my house, sugar or anything else. I try to have as much healthy stuff as possible, but don't tell anyone I'm really addicted to sugar cereal. And I think part of the reason why I'm addicted to sugar cereal is because my mom was a total hippie and she would never let me have sugar cereal. She would never let me have any sugar. And so I got deeply into wanting sugar and now I'm addicted to cinnamon toast crunch. Anyways, that's just a side note, but I don't limit the sugar my kids can have. And we don't have a lot of unhealthy stuff in our house. We really don't. We have sugar cereal, obviously. We have cinnamon toast crunch, but we don't have a lot of icky stuff. We don't have soda and, you know, we have very few chips and that kind of thing. But I let them eat what they want to eat and regulate themselves. Now, listen, when I first started this, there was a Halloween where Pia ate so much sugar that she made herself sick but she only did that once. 
and it was a good learning lesson. And, you know, sometimes that has to happen, but I find in homes where the sugar's really restricted or the food is really restricted, like the crackers are restricted and the chips are restricted and lots of things are really restricted. Kids crave it more because it's scarce. Also this idea that, you know, they can only have dessert after dinner or after they finish their meal. And then there becomes this huge like struggle around food and they're only eating the food to get the dessert and they're forced to eat more food than they really want to because they really want the dessert. And then it becomes this whole big messy thing. I found also in this just a little tip that, you know, sometimes when you just serve the dessert on the plate with the meal, that it takes all that struggle away and the kids actually end up eating more because there isn't so much scarcity. So this idea of scarcity, I think, is hindering us in our parenting and we don't really even know it. Screen time. Yeah, screen time's tough. It really is. There's a balance, right? We don't want them on their electronics all day long, vegging out. We also don't want to make it so scarce that they're like, it's the only thing they think and talk about. There has to be a happy medium in here. Can we have some limits? Can we have some boundaries around it? But they can't be so stringent that it becomes a scarcity and then our children become obsessed with it. My kids are older now. They've managed to find their what feels good and what doesn't feel good with their own electronics. And I've let them do that and I've given them the autonomy around that. And I, we've had lots of discussions about what it does to your brain. We've had lots of discussions about the dangers on the internet, who's on it, and you know the rules around like not using your real name with strangers and all kinds of good stuff around screen time. But I'm just talking about the idea of scarcity. Like if we're really stringent with it, does it cause us more harm than good? Now, if you're a family that doesn't want to use electronics, then by all means, don't use the electronics. But we can't have these powerful, fun, exciting tablets and phones and whatnot and then tell our children, well, you can't really use it. And also if we're modeling using it all the time, but we're expecting our kids not to, that's a whole nother you know, podcast. But let's be really mindful about the scarcity thing because we could be causing ourselves and our kids more issues than we need to. Okay, staying up late. Sometimes this bedtime thing becomes a huge struggle. And I think because we don't really allow our kids to stay up late or we're really stringent around the bedtime. And does the staying up late almost become scarce? Like they're never allowed to, it's, you know, it's, it's never happening. And are there places to give them some more choice around this to where it doesn't become such a struggle and that they can have some say in where, when they want to go to bed and if they're tired and can, as they get older, can you scaffold it? So they're finding their own bedtime and they're finding in themselves when they feel tired and that it doesn't become a big power struggle because of the scarcity around it. And there are probably other ways in which scarcity plays into parenting. I'd love to know if you have thought of any other ways that scarcity kind of plays into parenting. I think it would be interesting to examine that as you're looking at your parenting as a whole and where you can really dive into not making things scarce so they don't become really craved more and they have this greater value than they really need to have. I think that... um, you know, sugar is the one that keeps sticking out of mind that sugar becomes like this big, huge thing that everybody needs and wants so much because it's so restricted. And I know in our house, when we kind of started to let that go, that it became a non-issue. And my girls eat pretty healthy. I mean, they're not perfect by all, any means, but, you know, as will come in and say, oh, I really need a salad. I've been eating junk for like two days. I really need a salad, mom. So she's getting there. She's figuring it out. Is she going to be perfect? No. 
the other idea too, is if you're really, you know, if you're, you're really guarding the food and the healthy food a lot, and then you send your kid out into the real world, you know, they go to school, she goes to school at a school where they have a cafeteria and there's like 20 things you can get. Will they make those good choices for themselves or will, because it was so restricted and it was so scarce go for the junk food every single time because they can't get it anywhere else. And then are they binging on it because it's become so scarce? All right. I hope this was helpful under the guise of scarcity. It was kind of an obscure one, but I thought it was interesting. So leave some um, comments if you want on Apple, iTunes, or anywhere else that you listen, or I'd love to hear from you. If you want to just even email me, Michelle at peaceandparentingla.com. I hope that you are enjoying this fall season and thanks for joining us and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining me on the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I have great news. I will be airing two episodes each week. So please join me both on Tuesday and on Thursday for more Peace and Parenting Podcast. Thank you.